Welcome back to another episode of Men Explain. Now, regardless of what job you're doing right now, what career path you're taking, there's always going to be success, failure, so many different themes. But what is the price that we're paying for success? going to find out right now. Two star athletes with me here today. Give it up for Clarence and Isaac. Hello. Hi everyone. My name is Clarence and I'm a professional table tennis athlete. And of course, I am the oldest member of the team at the young age of 27. <laughs> I love that. Hi, I'm Isaac. Um, I'm 17 this year and the youngest member of the table tennis team. Uh, like Clarence, I'm also playing f uh, professionally full-time so when both of you walked in most of the crew members said you guys look quite close in age and that's why i wanted to specify the age so does that keep you young i mean like the sports and and keeping active all these years well i guess it's a compliment yes. to be similar to isaac <laughs> yeah. and yeah i guess being with them training together with all the younger teammates they are all quite a few years younger than me it mm makes me feel young as well, mm. I guess. So, I mean, there yeah. was a time where you were the youngest person in the team, I'm sure, right? Yes, but How time flies and all of a sudden I am the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> you do this and you dedicate so much of your life and your time for the sport. So what was your first taste of success? Do you remember that? Since we're on the topic of exploring success, failure, what we are sacrificing for success, maybe we can start with you. What was your first taste of success? Of course, being an athlete, I think success uh, more or less ties with winning. Winning. Yeah. So yeah, my first taste definitely was uh, during primary school when we played at age group tournaments mm. and maybe I started to win matches and get noticed, uh, noticed <laughs> yeah. get a gold medal and stuff. So yeah, those are my first days of success and that actually motivated and inspired me to, you know, uh, continue to work hard and to achieve the same uh, success because uh, it's a nice feeling. It yeah. is, but don't you also feel like it's like chasing dopamine kind of because we're always like we want to have that feeling again. Do you oh, feel that way? It definitely it makes you want more yeah. every time. And But I guess that's also sort of like a goal that you work towards too. So you can experience the same mm. sort of euphoria again. I think mm. that's what uh, most athletes they chase after. And this, at the same time though, you also acknowledge, I'm sure in sportsmanship, you also acknowledge that it's not going to be that kind of moment always. You're going to have moments where you experience failure or you might experience setbacks, right? So for you, do you feel like you've already reached a certain level of success or there's so much more left to go for you? Mm, for me, I feel I'm still like very young. So mm. I think there's a lot more competitions or a lot of tournaments that I haven't played. From young, I mean, same as Clarence, I play a lot of uh, age group tournaments in Singapore. Mm. But from then, we start to qualify and get into like the junior development squad where we um, like under 12, under age of 12, mm. like we, we train together and we uh, get opportunities to go overseas. I think mm, from then, I like uh, got selected to travel overseas and mm. like I think winning... The, my first ever overseas tournament was when I... That was my first taste of success. Yeah. And hopefully more to come as well. So if you guys weren't doing this, what do you think you would be doing? I'm so curious. Wow. 
This is actually a very difficult question. Really? You have never thought of it? Yes. To be honest, I've never really thought of it because I think since young, I've made up my mind that this is the path that I want to pursue. And yeah, I, to be honest, I don't have any much time to explore other interests and stuff. So yeah, I'm not quite sure what I would be if I wasn't an athlete. That is so interesting because to me, I... I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do until like, I guess I was in poly and then it started to get a bit clearer, uni. So I, I was never really set on it. In fact, I was such a quiet person back then in school. My teachers don't even realize I exist. Like I'm always the person that doesn't want to make eye contact so they don't pick me to speak, you know, that kind of thing. So it was a real surprise when I ended up in this industry. Um, but for you, Isaac, have you ever thought about it? I mean, you're still very young, but have you ever, did it cross your mind like, oh, if I didn't, pursue this as a career, what would I do? I also don't have an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. From young, I mean, I really enjoyed, I mean, I started table tennis as a CCA in school Mm. when I was seven. So um, when I started, I really enjoyed um, what I was doing. Mm. And I think um, if I would give you an answer, it would be something that I enjoy. Clarence, was your CCA also table tennis? Back then? Yes. It was? Okay, I'm the only person in this room right now amongst you of us who have a completely unrelated CCA. You want to take a guess? Oh. Just take a random guess. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this on our ep- on any episodes. Take a oh. random step in the dark. Belly? No. <laughs> do I do like that? Oh my god, thanks. I never took ballet in my life. Oh. Yeah. Choir? Okay. Choir? Are you saying I can sing? Girl, I cannot sing. Okay, try again. It's music related. You're getting close. You're getting close. It's a group activity. <laughs> it's not singing related. Band? It's close. But what kind of band? What kind of band are they? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. Chinese orchestra. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Guys, it's the cruise. This is the first time you're hearing this. Yes? Oh my god. So, okay, they didn't know this either. I was in Chinese orchestra. I feel very offended that some of them are like laughing their butts off right now behind the camera. <laughs> but I, yeah, I played like Ku Cheng and Liu Ting, which is very hard oh. to imagine now. Most of my friends are like, that is, that is out of this world. Like, what I've never that thought. That is very interesting. Yeah, but clearly I didn't pursue a career in music. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. It's completely unrelated. Anyway, I sidetracked. So we were talking about career options and, you know, you were always very focused on, on taking this path. How do you know, like, this was for you? Like, at what point do you feel like it's not just a hobby anymore? It's not just something I enjoy as a CCA, but I can see myself doing this for my whole life. I would say, same as what I said just now, when mm. I started doing more competitions overseas, mm. during competitions, like, um, facing these difficulties is what I enjoy. And Wow, really? Yeah. You mm. like being put under pressure? Yeah, because um, in table tennis, like, um, you have to adapt in the match. And I think that's why I feel very interesting. It's a very interesting perspective. And I actually was listening to a podcast recently that had a quote that stuck with me for a bit. And the quote was, pressure is a privilege. And if you're able to experience pressure on a day-to-day basis in your career, in your life, in your job, and still like thrive and perform, that is a privilege. You know, it shows that you're being challenged every day. Mm. So nice answer. How, how about you? When was that moment that it clicked and you're like, I'm doing this forever? Well, I would say it was after I joined the Singapore Sports School in secondary school. And we had the Youth Olympic Games in mm. 2010 
which I was fortunate enough to be chosen to participate. And I think through that experience, I sort of, it was my first major Game, games yeah. and yeah, just that uh, adrenaline and the excitement of playing in front of uh, the home crowd or such a large crowd, mm. it really, yeah, the feeling was amazing, like, I wow. guess. And, and that was when I made up my mind. I said, uh, you know, I would like to experience many more of such occasions. And yeah, it's just... I think just it's incredible because you've got like thousands of eyes <laughs> on you. Hundreds of thousands even if you count people watching on TV and you can perform. I'm like, I will be that one person on the team that the moment the camera rolls, I like cannot even serve, I think. So yeah, clearly I'm not a professional athlete. But with all the upsides that you felt and all the euphoria that you felt, were there moments where you felt you were low and you felt like, hey, I don't know whether this is for me anymore. Did you experience any setbacks? In any sports, there's bound to be highs and lows. Mm. And... For me, I think there were many times that, uh, many low points, I guess you would say, maybe uh, burnouts from training mm. or having to deal with uh, injuries, not being able to participate in tournaments as well as, yeah, uh, there's also many other stuff. For example, being able, the need to juggle between sports and studies, mm. uh, national service, that's, a lot of different areas. So Isaac's yeah. getting there. He's getting to that point <laughs> right now. Um, have you guys talked about this or have you had to share with him about your experience yet? Well, uh, yeah, everyone has to go through hmm. that. But um, like me, I, I've been through national service and I'm still here. Right? Yeah. So, Was uh, that one of your fears? Like that, you know, now that you've, you have more education to go ahead of you, you have NS as well. Do you always think that like, oh, how is that going to work with my career? Same as everyone in Singapore, we have to go through national service. Yeah. But for table tennis, I think not being able to play or train regularly for two years may like affect Set you back. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, for now, I'm just focusing on like what I'm supposed to do and not think about much about that. Mm. But um, when the time comes, I'm sure that um, yeah, I just try my best to um not fall back behind like during that two years mm. um, just to keep, try to keep up and yeah I think after the national service then yeah I try to like yeah come back as fast as possible but you know you also feel and when I look at professional athletes and I guess not just athletes even people in my industry or people who for example Miley Cyrus Justin Bieber like they started at such a young age right similar to you yeah. guys you start training you start pushing out there there's a lot that they sacrifice in their life um, I'm not sure if I speak for you because you've already been through that part of your life, but do you feel that you might have sacrificed a lot of time spent with your friends, experiences, you know, traveling with like, I don't know, your besties, that kind of thing. Do you feel like because you've chosen this intensive path that you've had to sacrifice some of these things? Definitely, because we spend uh, long hours, you know, training mm. and going overseas for competition. So definitely you missed out on a lot of uh, social occasions yeah. and time with your family and friends. So, but it is a necessary sacrifice, I guess, because uh, yeah, training and conversion is an important part of our lives and our career. So, and yeah, that's our full-time job, you would say. So we have to really, you know, put a lot of time and effort into that. I, I see where you're coming, but, and don't mind me, like, I hope that I'm not gonna be overstepping when I ask you this question. How has this affected your dating life? Oh. <laughs> like, he's like, oh no, don't ask me this question. In the past, it has definitely affected 
no, um, I always felt that I didn't have time to go out to meet new people mm. and yeah, just to form new connections and stuff. Cause I was always just very busy, you know, and I felt that I wouldn't have been able to had the time or had the time and commitment to, you know, like get to know someone and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Would dating a fellow mm. athlete help then in terms of, you know, like understanding Ooh. the lifestyle? Definitely because you have more or less the same schedule. And yeah. yeah, I guess for other professions as well, they tend to feel like, you know, they if they date someone in the same field, they would uh, understand each other better. Maybe their schedule would fit more. Yeah. Interesting that you mentioned that because I've never dated anyone in my industry. Have I? No, I haven't. I haven't dated anyone in my industry. Um, uh, I have tried before. Uh, oh, you have? Yeah, but now... In your industry? Yes, yeah. the, my previous relationship. Yeah. But now I'm in one. Oh. But yeah, it's not from table tennis. Oh, you see? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you think that you know what you need. Mm. But alas, you don't know what you need. <laughs> what? I don't even know what I said. As what Clarence said just now, um, I think for us, training and competition is more important. Mm. And yeah, I think we have to sacrifice like, some of our fun time to train and do what we like. You know, you talk about not spending enough time like with your family and friends and all that. But at the same time, how do you guys keep up your results? Like your studies? Like, I mean, you've been through this already, so please chime in as well. But now you're living it and you're in this moment where studies are still very important. How do you then balance it? Because when I was your age, I already struggled with just focusing on studying, not even like pursuing this career on the side. I mean, now for me, I'm, this year, um, I'm on a, a leave of absence from school. You're taking so, a gap year, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm taking a gap okay. year just for training full-time and mm. competing. In secondary school, I'm, I'm in the sports school. So okay. it really helps. Like um, the school really supports me and like they allow me to travel overseas. And when I come back, they have a lot of makeup lessons, makeup mm. classes, which really help me. And um, I think also um, the Singapore Table Tennis Association, they really... Um, try to help me as much as my I can. Like, try not uh, to put too much pressure on me during competitions or even the school. There are also, like, psychologists and mm. people to help me. I remember during secondary four, I was actually overseas, like, I think 40% of classes, so not including holidays or anything. Mm. So, um, it's really, like, quite hard for me. Is too? Mm, yeah. Homesick. Um, yeah, so quite because we stay in boarding school, so oh. we are actually quite used to it, like even when we go overseas. So for me, it wasn't that much of a problem. And how about you, Clarence, um, from based on your experience? Well, how did yeah. you balance that in your in your youth, in your younger days? Yeah, of course, it's been very hard as well for me. Mm, like, for example, during secondary school, I was missing out <laughs> on so much lessons that they had to pull me out of my regular class. Oh. So they actually put me and my other teammate uh, in one separate class. So oh. it's just the two of us and they hired like uh, tutors just for the two of us to, you know, uh, catch up with our work. And yeah, just like a more one-on-one -on -one approach. But that's the kind of support that's provided, yes. which is good, which is good. So in, in those moments where you felt, you know, challenged, um, and you mentioned a couple of your challenges. Who are your main pillars of strength and support? Firstly, it's family and friends. Yeah. They are closest. And the ones who you can, you know, uh, 
share your struggles and thoughts with the most. And yeah, besides that, um, I think we are very fortunate to have a very uh, holistic support system as mm. well. From our association to the Sports Institute, they actually have, uh, like you said, uh, psychologists mm. and we have physiotherapy and yeah, sports science, sports medicine, yeah. those kind of support, which uh, I think in this age of sport, which is very important to not only have your skills on court, but also strengthening of your other areas like the mind, the body as well. Yeah. And so, communication. Yes, communication. And, and yeah. all that, right? Okay. Well, you know, speaking <laughs> of all this, uh, I'm sure that you have your own um, path of success mapped out and you have, uh, I, I don't know, I, I personally believe that visualization is very important. So sometimes in the morning when I wake up, I'm like, I try to envision what I want my life to be in like five years, 10 years. I don't know if you guys do that or like when a game is about to approach, do you do you visualize like, okay, like I'm in a good headspace. I'm going to win this. Do you practice any of this? Hold up. Before we answer that, remember to subscribe to our channel. Okay, back to the conversation. I think most of the players, we try to like uh, find videos of our opponents beforehand. Oh. So we try to uh, study them and how, what they do usually or, or what type of serv service do they have or yeah. So when I look at videos like that I try to imagine like how am I going to overcome it on court wow. so it's like chess I, yeah. yeah I think that helps a lot in my own words sometimes when I think of success right um, I, I think it's a process to me because what success looks like to me is that, you know, I've got everything together. I can support my family. I can um, open my own business in the future, whatever it may be, right? Even this podcast, like I didn't think that it was going to become what it is today, for which I'm very grateful. To you, what is your vision of success? What is your idea of success? Aside from winning X amount of matches, I mean, of course, that's a given. What is your vision of success? Definitely success besides being tied to winning. Mm. I feel like uh, success is more about uh, holding yourself accountable. It's in, in every match, uh, you must really give it your all and have no regrets out on court. Of course, uh, success will be defined also by you know the, the goals or targets that you set and Sometimes if you achieve them, of course, that's great. But uh, in sport, sometimes there can only be one winner. So there are also maybe targets that you didn't achieve. But uh, as long as you know you have, are given the opp opportunity and you really tried at every goal, I think that is also considered a success in, in its own way. Yeah, yeah. Um, like what I said, you know, like being able to support family or having the life that you want, I think to me also contributes to that. Um, do you want to add anything on? What is your idea of success? I'd say like facing all the difficulties that I get on court, overcoming them, even though sometimes um, you don't win or like um, you didn't reach your goal. I mean, facing these difficulties is not easy. But both of you, I mean, of course, are doing very well. You're both spec scholars, right? Tell me more about what it's like to be a spec scholar, Clarence. Yo, I've got the spec scholarship. It has really uh, helped us quite a, quite a bit mm. in in our pursuit of uh, sporting excellence. For example, we have uh, monthly stipulants for yeah uh, yeah, and also 
for equipments, overseas competitions, we have funding. Mm. So you get good stuff. Uh, I would say so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, besides that, uh, access to like, like what I previously mentioned, the mm. sports science and the support system. So mm. those are actually uh, very crucial to help us because uh, every small detail is a yeah. competitive advantage that you can get. Even down to like your nutrition, mm. the psychological help, like everything contributes yes. to that, right? How about you, Isaac? What's your experience so far like being a spec scholar? I mean, all the support that they've given, I think like let us worry less about other stuff and like we can put our mind to just playing our best and um, uh, training as hard as we can, you know, not worry about like injuries or anything. I think yeah, that really helps. And so it takes your mind off certain things. But I've always been curious about this. Um, in in the world of sports, do you ever worry about peaking too young and what your shelf life is? Because in my industry, the talk of shelf life is very common. And especially for women, I mean, I don't mean to put this out there, but sometimes when you're like a female artist or a female, you know, singer or whatever it is, sometimes people look at you and they're like, oh, huh, like ask your shelf life already. You know, that, that kind of thing. It's like those comments, right? For, for for you in the world of sport, does that exist? Do you feel? Mm. Do you worry about that sometimes? Yeah. I think definitely uh, when we are, we are very young, I mean, getting like some success or winning some matches, I think puts pressure on you like to perform when you go there or so. So, um, I think... Um, yeah, there are of course a lot of saying like even though sometimes uh, you do very well for this competition then the next competition you don't do well and then uh, some people will be saying uh, uh, this guy um, yeah, he will not be winning anymore. Oh, or like, like oh you peaked already now yeah. you're coming down mm. that kind of thing is it? Yeah, I mean yeah there are a lot of comments like this but I mean as an athlete of course like you win some matches you lose some matches and I feel that um, experiencing this lot like all the matches that I've lost, I think that that is what helped me or like um, what uh, like made me notice like my weaknesses or like what I have to work on during training. And I think that, yeah, I think, yeah, that really helped in like um, setting my targets and mm. goals also. And what is your ultimate target? Um, for me, of course, the Olympic, getting an Olympic medal for Singapore. But I mean, still I have a, long way there so I think just step by step and setting small goals for me mm. okay and Clarence what about you yeah definitely there, there are ups and downs and sometimes you would pick sometimes you will fall down a bit mm. but uh, either way there is always room for improvement so it is really up to you to say uh, keep evolving your personal skills mm. uh, on court or off court as well so I think that is really important for us as well. You've already been through whatever Isaac has been through during his phase yes. of life. Do you sometimes worry like, oh, because, you know, I am, you know, getting a little older. I mean, you're not old at all. I'm still very young. <laughs> but sometimes like, you know, I think of athletes and I think there's always that pressure because, you know, for example, Ronaldo is how old now? Like 35, 36? Late yeah, 30s, I think. 30s, like mid yeah. to late 30s. And people are like, wow, he's still like, ripping it like he's still at his peak like his age is nothing but at the back of your mind do you ever worry like just biologically you might 
feel it and you might feel like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, I have to slow down and, and so on, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, uh, not everyone is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that guy is a god. Uh. Why, why was he born like this? I yeah. don't even know. I would like to know. So. I know, right? <laughs> but yes, definitely in sports, there always it always comes with an expiry date. I would mm. say there has to be a point where you, I guess, call, call it a day. I think eventually for all of us, like even for people in my industry who are like front-facing on camera and all that, I think someday we have to evolve you know, and evolve your branding, change it up. So it could be similar for you. Definitely, you can feel it uh, as time goes past, like physically. Physically, yeah. Physically. And yeah, for example, the younger ones like Isaac, when mm. they come out now, you can actually feel like uh, their play style and stuff. It's all evolving. So you also have to make adjustments to catch up. But sometimes uh, your body might not be able to follow up. Oh. That well, you get injuries and stuff more frequently. Mm. Which, but yeah, that, also, that is also a challenge in itself where, you know, maybe you have your experience comes into play mm. where you try to find uh, different ways, not just to match them physically, but uh, in table tennis, thankfully, uh, it's more of a tactical mm. and technical sport. So there are other ways where you can come get up with ideas it. to get around it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you've never <laughs> once regretted your choice of career, have you? Well, sometimes you would wonder like if you chose another career, would it be more, uh, less tiring, easier or different? different? Yeah. You sort of had that thought whether it would be nicer, but at the end of the day, you go back to why you started and chose this path in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, I think we are very fortunate that we are able to find something that we have passion, that we love and yes. at a young age and yes. what we're also good at. La. So yes. to be able to pursue uh, and enjoy it for mm. you know this whole period is quite a blessing, I would say. You know, I have friends around me, right, who hate their jobs and they wake up in the morning and they're like, I hate my life. They literally will text that in a group chat. They're like, I hate my job. Why am I doing this? I hate my boss. Like, and some of them change jobs all the time. They're like, oh, I'm going to quit and move on to the next one. When they move there, oh, I hate this one too. Like, then I thought to myself, wow, I am so fortunate to, despite things that I cannot control, you know, despite that, I still actually really love the job and enjoy the job. And that, that is a blessing. So on that note, um, you know, you've, you guys have gone through years of training. You have many more years of training to go, but you started at such a young age. Um, what have you learned about yourself through this journey that isn't related to the sport, but you've learned in this uh, journey of growth? In table tennis, um, uh, I think a lot of, there are a lot of tough times and um, I learned that um, I try to take like every setback or every loss as a good thing instead of a bad thing. Like um, um, seeing myself lose this match, maybe I would tend to tell myself like um, uh, it's actually a better thing if that I lose this match because I, I learned this and that. So um, I think um, outside of table tennis also in my life, I think I try to take like every loss as a win actually. So to grow as a person and yeah I think I try to think of way of other things positively instead of negatively more mm. Mm. okay yeah that's a good takeaway I like that Clarence you want to add on? I guess resilience is definitely one thing it builds up your you know uh, self-confidence mm. and of course uh, being an athlete you have uh, 
you need to have a lot of self-discipline as well. So that is probably something that has been instilled in us since a very young age, which would definitely be helpful in the future. And yeah, in sports, of course, when you fall down, you always try to get back up. And that applies in life as well. You will definitely have, you know, uh, tough times and setbacks outside in your personal life. So I think it gives us a, yeah, we know we know better how to actually uh, deal with it. And perspective, how to overcome, right? Yeah. It gives you perspective. Okay, before we wrap things up, I just have like a super random question. Do you guys practice like your game face like before you go? Because I always like, you know, all these professional athletes, right? They actually look very cool when they're when they're playing. Do you ever like think about it? You're like, how do I look uh, when I'm playing? Do you think about it? Come on, you can be honest. Do you? Um, usually when I play, I don't think so much. So I oh. think I Sorry. I mean, I don't think of my face that much. Okay. So um I think just playing normally, I think like all, all the photos that I take is usually very ugly. My face <laughs> is always, always very like focused or like I use a lot of strength type of face. So yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, um, I'm sure it's not ugly. I think, I think I can work on that. You can work on it. Okay. This is his key takeaway from our podcast today. Comes naturally. <laughs> yeah, it comes naturally. <laughs> what about you? you? You've been doing this for years. Do you have a game face? Or well, are you conscious about that? You're like, okay, let me take a look. If there's a live telecast going on, maybe I would be slightly more conscious. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. maybe I fix my hair a bit. Fix stuff your like hair? That. I was like, I noticed your hair never move at all. Oh, you need to got, share got what wax, your brand wax of today. hair <laughs> <laughs> No, but usually on court, uh, we are really very focused. Yeah. So I think it is normal to have that game face. And mm. yeah, like what Isaac said, uh, we really have a lot of unglam shots. Like if people take Pictures of us, maybe only one out of ten is a oh, good-looking photo okay. during the rally. So okay. it's very normal. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I am so invested. I need to look for their pictures right now. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Men Explain. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Me Listen. Also, follow itsclarity.co on Instagram and TikTok for more content like this. Thank you for having us. See you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.